This week, I talk times that skeptics tried to believe, with ghost stories to prove it, and why being a bit skeptical is kinda cool. The following was posted by Rachel Lyon on LunaLunaMagazine.com. She says, I don't know if I believe in ghosts, but I have a ghost story for you. Many years ago, I worked in a haunted hotel on an island eight miles off the coast of New Hampshire. I'm not kidding when I say it's haunted. It's been inhabited by people since the 1600s. It's been the site of massacres, epidemics, people have frozen to death, starved, been murdered, etc. I was a skinny girl back then, strong bones, worried eyes, wild heart. I was shy, had a weakness for whiskey, an aversion to food. My second week on the island, eight miles out to sea, a boy showed up. He was a storyteller. Loud voice, lots of charm. Everybody knew him except me. His fondness for whiskey was weaker than mine. One night we took a walk to the back of the island where the cliffs are highest. Above us a trillion stars. Below us, black water smashed the rocks. We sat and drank and talked and then felt someone was near us. Footsteps in the bushes. We said, hello, who's there? Come join us. But no one replied. We got up and made our way through the bushes, heard footsteps behind us, stopped, said hello again. No one replied. We walked faster. The footsteps sped up. We walked faster still. The footsteps sped up more. We began to run, tearing through the low bushes, sliding over wet rock and then mud. Breathless, we reached the door to the hotel kitchen. We stopped there, freaked out. I hadn't had dinner at that point. The drinks were going to my head. That must be it. We tore open a small dinner roll. My back was to the wall, my friend's back to the knives by the door. That was weird, he was saying. So weird, I said, but I was still distracted. Behind him, a knife was swinging. They are hanging, I told myself as he talked. Those knives are just hanging. Must have just unsettled them when we ran in. But the knife was not swinging as a pendulum swings. It sped up slowing down just before changing directions. It was moving steadily, as if somebody were holding it. I watched it as he talked, trying to figure this out. Slowly it dawned on me, thickly, drunkenly, that those knives were not hanging. They were attached by a magnet. Run, I shouted. We skidded on the wet floor and scrambled up the back stairs to his room, where he slammed shut the door and demanded, What did you see? I told him about the swinging knife. I was shaking. I may have cried. In the morning at breakfast, he told our co-workers, and they said I'd experienced my first island ghost. It's a rite of passage. Everyone had a ghost story. One girl told me she'd seen a woman walk through a wall. Someone else said that she'd seen a woman in white pacing by the small graveyard. Someone else had seen a child in the corner of his room vomiting. The island was lousy with ghosts. Somehow, though, despite all these stories, in the light of day, I was beginning to doubt what I'd seen. I tried to reason. Thing was, everyone there had a ghost story. They told these stories without even trying to convince. So this story that I just told, I just um, absolutely amazed at the idea. I've met many skeptics in my life, um, being in the paranormal, 
uh, talking to them personally. They would tell me their stories. And of course, there was that air around it that I don't really believe in this stuff. There must have been a natural solution for it. But that's not all skeptics. So I find some skeptics are just very closed down to it, just um, more of the scientific thinkers. Uh, Some are open to the idea of ghosts, but in the end, it's not something they really care about or deem to um, or uh, want to look into more. But the one that always fascinated me the most uh, is my favorite type of skeptic is the one that doesn't want to believe because if ghosts were real, it would terrify them. And I love that. And I tell you that uh, uh, some of the best stories have come from those people because they're scared of it, yes, but they're also fascinated by it. So you really, in a, in a way, you can't call them skeptics. Maybe skeptical because of fear. Now, either way, when it comes to believing in ghosts, I always said that you need to avoid the extremes. If you're too much of a skeptic, you'll be completely closed down. And if somebody tells you a ghost story, you might laugh it off. You might uh, make fun of it. There's been a lot of times that I tell these uh, amazing ghost stories, including the ones that I personally experienced. And then somebody laughs. I understand the feeling that it, uh, it, it hurts. It hurts a little bit. I'll just say you get the feels, but not, not the good ones. So you can be too much of a skeptic and be completely closed down to it. But here's the thing. Like, don't think I'm just going to say out there, you must believe or else. You don't have to be a believer. You don't have to be 100% in the camp that ghosts are real and every little thing that's strange is a ghost doing it. I think extremes on both ends are wrong. Because if you're too skeptical, you're going to be closed down to anything that might happen to you. But if you're too much of a believer, you're going to be open to everything, whether it be natural or actually paranormal. And this is not a help to the supernatural community at all. The supernatural community needs real ghost stories because those who are skeptical, just like slightly on the fence, if they hear these ghost stories that are believable, that do fit the idea of ghosts not being this horror movie stereotype, but instead being something that is, um, how you say, uh, that is more subtle. So it's energy, leftover energy, whether it be conscious, whether it be residual, either way it comes down to energy. So being too skeptical, being too much of a believer, not good for the world of the paranormal. But there's that middle sweet spot. And this is why it is good to have some skepticism. Now, I've had many experiences over the years, not hundreds, maybe a dozen, and I'm not psychic, so these things don't naturally come to me. And I always found that if I questioned what was happening, that it would just give me more of a validity to it. If I just believed wholeheartedly in everything, I would have missed some very easy clues because the mind works kind of in a strange way. If you do believe something completely, your mind tends to shut off everything that uh, that goes against it. So having that little bit of skepticism to take the time to question what had just happened to you only makes the experience stronger. 
You'll remember it for much longer because there's not a huge amount of them that are taking up your mental space. And uh, it just it's just a better story to tell. Like uh, here's an example, a um, somebody who believes too much. Um, somebody told me a story once that said that uh, the ghosts in their house washes their dishes. And I was like, I don't know about that one. I just, nothing against that. And I'm sure they had some type of experience, but to affect the material in such a way and to, to do such a, a inane chore as washing the dishes, that seems a little bit too over the top. And the other one that uh, kind of hits me is the idea of orbs. Now, I'll come back to that in a moment, but I just want to touch on the idea of ghost shows here. I really hope I'm not hitting a nerve with this one, but uh, I've had some personal experience with these ghost shows. I was uh, part consultant, um, part on-air talent for the show Creepy Canada going back a bunch of years ago. My 15 minutes of fame was the Hermitage Ruins. I got to tell my story about seeing the shadows I still remember how the uh, the director, the producer slash director, was pushing me to be more dramatic. He's like, "No, no, the way you approach the woods, don't uh, don't just uh, you know look lackadaisical. You know, show show emotion. You're you're scared. Don't forget you're scared." <laughs> like, Is this what it's like to be an actor? Or I guess if I was an actor, I would know to do that automatically. But I digress. So these the ghost shows in sense uh, they use something. Now, I didn't see this personally with Creepy Canada, as a side note, although uh, Creepy Canada, I know, uh, with some of the shows we did, they did write in a couple of uh, stories uh, that were like over-the-top experiences. Uh, so with them, I didn't have a, m- a lot of confidence, and this was something that was done after the fact. So I would come in, I would uh, use some of my knowledge of different ghost stories, and they would feature it on a show at a location and um, sometimes that didn't round out the show. So they needed to add something. Now, I don't know who was adding these. Some of them I just thought were a little bit too much. Uh, but either way, you know, faking the ghost story is just not a good idea in general. But Creepy Canada is a legendary show. I don't know for the right reasons, but it, it did pretty well. Uh, so with most ghost shows, they can write in stuff. But this doesn't really fit the ghost shows where they go do the investigation. So the, when they're doing the investigation, not everything is going to happen at once. Sometimes when you're doing a, a paranormal uh, investigation, that it could take days of going back in complete patience to get the smallest experience. But that's not going to be good for a TV show. So I understand their point of view. I mean, they need to get people to watch the show. Otherwise, it gets canceled. So they can write in some stuff, maybe to fill in the blanks, but they also use something known as dramatization. Now, this is another show that I worked with. Again, I'm not going to mention uh, all of the shows, um, but just let's say uh, the ones that I work with, they're not on the air right now. Uh, but this other one that I did work with uh, gave me an idea of it. They, they um, were investigating a haunted hotel, and... There was this one story in the bedroom. I think um, the people staying over, they they uh, told a story about having a towel that appeared out of nowhere on the bed. Like something took the towel out of the bathroom and stuck it on the end of the bed uh, when they had left the room for a little bit and came back. 
So here we have a story, right, that was told to the producers. This is an actual experience, but it didn't happen on camera. Now, they could go on the camera and say this is a dramatization, that this did not happen for us in person, but that is a story being told. Or they can go the more compelling route of presenting it as a real experience and not telling you it's a dramatization. So that is one technique where they'll show it happening in the moment, they'll fake it, but it is based on a real story. So, you know, I mean, the location, the consultants, uh, like I was, they're not really going to bat an eye to that because of the fact that it is a real story. So it's not just straight out lying. Although there is other techniques that are a little bit more devious. And I'll tell you one. This um, was shown in a show that I I loved. Uh, There was a a show called Extreme Paranormal. Didn't last long enough. I think it was like three episodes. I I covered it on a previous podcast. Um, But there was a technique that they used uh, that's calling scaring the talent. And they made it a little too obvious in that one um, where... You'll have the the talent, you know, you have the investigators in a location. In this case, it was an old prison. And in the distant darkness, you make a noise. So one of the grips, one of the producers, uh, somebody in the crew will slam something against the wall or, you know, roll steel over the, um, the prison bars. And they'll make this noise in the distance. They won't tell the talent that they're doing it, right? So that when the when the talent uh, reacts to it, it is a very um, natural reaction. So it's almost Oscar worthy. I mean, if these people were actors, you would give them the Oscar. Uh, and that way, then they they move as if this thing this noise was real. So I don't know if they ever told the talent that. If if afterwards maybe they came to them and said, "Hey, guess what? We we." We made a huge noise in the distance. Uh, great reaction. You did wonderful. I mean, you, me just saying that right now, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, I mentioned about being more skeptical with your experiences. So the question you might be thinking at this moment is, how do I do that? So it, it really comes down to a question. So you've had something happen to you. Something spooky. Something unexplainable. The first thing you need to ask, and you can get in the habit of doing this right away, is there anything normal or natural that could cause this to happen? I've asked that question a hundred times in my life, and I always get an answer. That's the thing, right? So you ask that question, is there anything normal or natural that could cause it to happen? And then your brain starts working. So it, it kind of goes past that cutoff if you're if you're a huge believer in the paranormal you'll stop ignoring the obvious signs and i know it's not as exciting in the moment but it will be very exciting if the answer to the question is that it's a no that is there any normal normal or natural the answer is no then you have something real but the point is you have taken the time to kind of sit back and think about it And um, I've done this with many experiences where I've heard or saw something I couldn't explain. And the ones that ended up after the fact, they've been put through the ringer, are now ones that will stick in my mind for the rest of my life. And the orb photo is a great example of this. I'll I'll give you a a story. There was an orb photo that was sent to me a few years ago. And um, 
it was like orbs throughout the the photo. You could couldn't even see what was really behind the photo because it was so many orbs, and that's usually a, a shot right there to its validity. Because if you get an orb photo, one, two, they're usually very bright. Um, and there's a story that comes with it, like some type of experience that you had in the moment. But when you get ones that are just peppered with uh, orbs, then you got to ask that question. So I look at the photo. I couldn't really see what was behind it um, because of all the orbs that blocked it. So I asked the question, well, okay, is there anything normal or natural about this orb photo and uh, nothing really came to me because I, I wasn't the one who took it. So finally, I sent an email to the person who sent it to me. I was like, uh, could you tell me, was there anything natural? Uh, for example, with orbs, you could have bugs. Uh, you could have uh, moisture. Moisture is a huge one. Um, you know, uh, light flares, light flares from lights that are nearby, although I couldn't see any lights. And they were like, no. So then I asked them, oh, where were you? And they said they were at Albion Falls. Now, this is not at the top of the falls in the distance. This is right at the very bottom of the falls. So <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, then I asked just for fun, was it raining? And guess what? It was raining as well. <laughs> so you have moisture from the falls. You have moisture from the rain. It gets on the camera lens. And because it's so close to the uh, the lens itself being so close to where the picture is taken that it comes out looking like orbs. So orb photos, sadly, 95% of them have a natural solution. And by asking the question that I asked the person who took it, they can ask yourself, is there anything normal or natural that could have caused this? Now for the final story, I'm going to go to the town of Niagara-on-the-Lake. This is Canada's most haunted town. This is one of the places where I lead ghost walks. I'm going to talk about a house. Now if you've been on the tour, you know the house. This is the Victorian house, the former Trisha Romance Gallery. This is the house that makes cameras go crazy. I'll give you an example. I was leading one of my tours, and I witnessed this one personally. I was standing behind the fella as he took a picture of the house. I watched his screen. He had lined up the entire building. And when he took the photo, the image that came back was very different. It took me a second to realize what I was looking at. It was like a a square within another square. And I realized that when he took the photo that it had automatically zoomed in on uh, a stained glass window in the middle of the top of the tower on the house. So I I asked him, I said, what happened there? And he told me, he said, well, I, I lined up the shot. I, I don't know why it zoomed in. So I said, well, why? I mean, maybe it was just a malfunction on the camera. He's like, no, no, it was a DSLR camera. It had the professional lens sticking out of it. And he says, it's not an automatic lens that you have to physically touch that lens to zoom it in and out. But it zoomed in on its own. He never touched it. So there's a good example of how this this house tends to reach out to the cameras to for the ghost to make itself known. But on another occasion, I did have a skeptic in my group. Now, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, skeptics are welcome. I'll, I'll put a sign on my back just to say that because I need people to know. If you don't believe in ghosts, who cares? You come to these tours, you hear a ghost story. Everybody loves a good ghost story, whether you believe it or not. And that's how I see it. So when there's a skeptic in my group, if I'm mingling with them at the beginning, I just for fun, 
I'll ask, you know, who, who believes, who is not sure, and then who's completely skeptical. If somebody actually is brave enough to put up their hand to tell me they're a skeptic, I'll, I'll pick on them for a little bit, but just for fun, just for fun, right? So I'll ask them, why, why don't you believe? I'll tell them stories of like, did I make you believe? And the answer is usually no, <laughs> but I'm fine with that. So I was doing that at the beginning of one of my tours. This is going back a couple of years ago. And this this guy, and he had this beautiful camera that had the um, the flash, like the professional flash sticking out the top. And he said, no, I'm a skeptic. Um, but, you know, I, I love ghost stories. I love history. So I want to come on the tour. But then we get a little back and forth. He started making fun of it a little bit. It's like, no, nah, yeah, no, ghosts aren't real. And he laughed about it. So I just let it go. It was fine. And uh, I started doing the tour. So we get to the uh, Victorian house. And uh, people are taking a bunch of pictures. And I usually play around with that. It's like, oh, did anything happen to the cameras? And I say, if, uh, you know, if something does happen, it's a very powerful experience. If something doesn't, I look like a complete tool. Usually gets a laugh. And then uh, I, that was the end of that stop. Nobody said anything. When I asked, did something happen to the cameras? They, they told me no. So I was like, okay, this is another one of those calm nights. So I end the stop. I'm heading down towards the gazebo. And as I'm walking, the guy from earlier, the skeptic, he runs up to me and he says, Daniel, Daniel, look what happened. And he shows me his camera. I didn't really see it at first, but he uh, shone a light uh, towards the top. There's a uh, battery level on the flash. So that professional flash had its own separate battery pack. And he said, look, it's, it's empty. And I was like, oh, okay, um, well, what, what happened with that? And he's, he said, I charged this. Those were completely charged at the beginning of the tour. So I tell him, I said, okay, this has happened before, not with the flash pack, but usually with the camera itself. I said, uh, let's walk past the house and I want you to check it in about 15, 20 minutes and see if it's come back to its original level. This is the weirdest part. And guess what? It did. So I don't know. I didn't. Uh, he took off um, after the tour was done. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I had somebody else talking to me. I wanted to ask him. I said, okay, are you a believer now? Is this something that uh, will stick in your mind as a true ghostly experience? But sadly, I didn't get a chance. So if by chance, sir, you are listening to this podcast right now, Shoot me a message. Let me know. Are you now a believer in the paranormal? Okay, that's it, everyone. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great week.